Well, in the spirit of Jeff Foxworthy, came across a list. You might be a redneck church. You may be a part of a redneck church if the church van has a gun rack. (laughs) The service begins with dueling banjos. A fist fight breaks out after the board meeting. You might be in a redneck church. If the senior pastor is an Elvis impersonator. Thank you very much. And if the NASCAR schedule is printed in your bulletin, you might be a redneck church. And you know, I I don't know a whole lot about NASCAR, but I do know what happens when there's victory that's claimed. I mean, you, you see them do the victory lap, the one that won, and uh, they wave to the crowd and their fans in the stadium, uh, in, in, on the course, and, and then they go to the infield and they do what's called, a lot of times, the burnout, where they, they, they rev the engine, spin the tires, do what's called a donut. Some of you know what a donut is, don't you, Clint? And, uh, and then they stand on either the hood or the roof of the car, and they pump their fists. And then they go to the, uh, the, the winner's circle, victory lane, in that little section where they take pictures. And then they talk about how great their sponsors are and uh, their team. And just the elation and excitement. And I wonder if that's the way that Nehemiah and the Jews felt when they constructed that wall. I want us to read a scripture that is kind of the, we'll begin with the end. And it's, uh, it's in your message notes as well. And it comes from Nehemiah chapter 6, verses um, 15 and 16. So let me get to that. All right, and so here it is. So the wall was completed on the 25th day, on the 25th of Elul, in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, and all the surrounding nations were afraid, and lost their self-confidence, because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. And so they celebrated, and they gave thanks, and they rejoiced. But it had not always been that way. Let me set the stage for you. Nehemiah and the Jews were in captivity in Babylon. And they were part of the Babylon Babylonian captivity, and as they were held, King Cyrus from Persia overtook the Babylonians, and this king showed more favor to the Israelites and to Nehemiah, and so he said, if you want to, you can return to your homeland, you can return 
to Jerusalem. I'm not sure what you're going to find, but you can go back. And so many of the Jews, many of the Israelites began to migrate and move back to that hub from which they came, Jerusalem. Nehemiah stayed back. He found favor with the king. He wanted to stay in good rapport with the king. And he was the cup bearer. Do you know what a cup bearer is? A cup bearer is somebody that has a high stress job. This person samples the beverages, samples the food before the king is to consume his meal to ensure that it has not been poisoned. That an assassin has not set the stage for toxins to be in this meal and that the king would perish. Do you see the high stress? I mean, every night he would go to bed and he didn't have to worry about job security. Nobody really wanted that job. (laughs) But he had to worry about would he be alive in the morning? And so he had the trust of the king, and the king trusted him. And so reports came from Jerusalem, from the Jews, and he got some information. And the information was this, that the gates were embers, that they, they were cinders, they, were, they, were, they had been burned, that the walls were in rubble and the homes were devastated. It was in shambles. And he got this information. And when he got this information, everything changed for Nehemiah. And it says in the Bible that he wept and he prayed and he fasted. If you've not had a moment like this, you will. If you've lived long enough, you'll have that moment where you'll receive information that will change everything. You'll, you'll receive the information maybe related to your own health or someone's health close to you. Just this week, a beautiful woman in our church said the doctor says, you have cancer and we must do surgery. That was information that caused her to pause. Her whole world would now change. This morning, April Foster, head of our preschool ministries, heard that her mother had died. And so they were going to make arrangements. Just happened in the last 24 hours. She got some information that would change things. It was a surprise. Maybe you've had that moment where you've heard of someone or maybe it was you where there was infidelity 
spouse left a spouse. And it changed your life. It changed your children's life. Or those that you observe. All of us have had some kind of information that has hit us and has changed everything. And it became a defining moment. And we had a choice. Nehemiah had a choice. I, I like what one person said, when some kind of news like that, when some kind of devastation touches your life, you have a choice. You can either become bitter or you can get better. And the only difference in those words is the vow, I. We have a choice. And Nehemiah decided, I have wept and mourned over my people. I have cried out to God for their waywardness and confessed our sin and my own sin. I have fasted. And now I must join them. And so what he did is he went to the king, King Cyrus, and he said, I have found favor with you. May I go and be with those that I belong to. And I want to rebuild the wall. And he said, go. I want you to come back, but go. And so he left, and he had the blessings of the king. And there were some keys to allow him to get to that point where the wall was constructed with the people. There, there were some keys to get to that point where they were able to celebrate. And I want to invite you to look at your message notes today because I believe these keys apply to our individual lives, for us spiritually, circumstantially. I believe it applies to us as a church. And one of the first keys to building and rebuilding the wall, from moving from cupbearer to wall rebuilder, Nehemiah chapter 2. Look with me. I went to Jerusalem. This is Nehemiah. And after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward the Jekyll Wall, well, and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. And so the first thing he does is he assesses the situation. He gets right information. What I have found in my life is there is healing in the revealing. There is healing in the revealing. When I am honest with myself and I look at the devastation of a circumstance or I look at a situation, if I can look at it objectively, if I can look at it in a way that can be helpful and gather right information, that is the first step in rebuilding the wall. And that's what Nehemiah did. He walked about with others facing the facts. Sometimes we need 
other Christians to come alongside of us and help us face the facts. I need the church. You need the church to help us be accountable. We need the Holy Spirit to discern for us in that still quiet voice that is louder than the audible voice that speaks to the fact that something needs to be made right. Something needs to be rebuilt. Something needs to be repaired. And even as a church, we have gone through that and we continue to raise that question Who are we as a church? What is it that we are in the business of? And where are we headed? And so this honesty is that first step. And I ask you this question. Have you been honest in who you are for a God who loves you? Good news is he never gives up on me. (laughs) Have you been honest? So right information. Second is good cooperation. Good cooperation. Nehemiah sees the troubles. He evaluates and appraises the situation. He sees the gates have been burned by fire. The walls are in rubble. And he no longer wants that community who he's been a part of to live in disgrace. And so he tells the people. He discloses to the people at that moment, look, God has spoken to me. And the king has showed his favor. And I have come so that together we might do something great for God. And so let's start rebuilding. And they began the good work. Look at Nehemiah 4 verse 6. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their hearts. And if you look at chapter 3, and I encourage you to read this book... If you look at chapter 3, you see a list of diversity. People from different backgrounds, different gifts, families that have different names. You see some kind of strange configuration of groups of people. You see, for example, one father who had no sons but had a number of daughters. They were all working the wall. And what he does is in that first Walk in that first appraisal, he struggles in that he faces the fact. In the second one, chapter 3, he walks around as the rebuilding has already started, and in a wonderful way, he sees that everybody has their hand to the task. They are working with their hands, as he says in the scripture, and their hearts. And there are no gaps in the servicing and rebuilding of the wall. And he he named some of the locations. Some of them would be a little unappealing to me, I have to tell you. Some of them were working the fish gate. Let me think about that. It's a rancid odor, I'm sure. But you know what would be worse is if on your commitment card you signed up for the dung gate. Think about that. Okay, and so some of these non-glamorous kinds of service and the rebuilding of the wall, everybody had their hand to the task. That's the beautiful thing about this church is that in August and in September, 
you overpledged in our revisioning project. And you know what it took? It took large gifts, but it took small gifts. And it took the gifts that were in between because we really wanted our higher value was participation. Participation. Gang, we've got some work to do. I believe God wants to do some significant things in the life of this church in terms of our, our ability to serve the community, to reach out as a church. But, but we've got to struggle. We're not alone in this. But, but we've got to struggle, and that is we've got, relatively speaking, a few people doing everything and there are gaps in the wall and and, and let me say this if I were to ask you to turn to your neighbor and just share one thing that you are doing in terms of the service of Christ in the life of this church some of you would list 12 things. That's not healthy. But others of you would have nothing to say. And that's not right either. And you know, it's not that it's just not right. You're being robbed of the joy of serving. There's a fellow in the second row Andrew, every Sunday, Andrew locks up this church. Every Sunday. He and Donnie Davidson lock up the church. Pastor, you don't worry about it. We've got this. Andrew shared with me, and his mama shared with me, that uh, he's a little frustrated that we're not in the sanctuary because that's where he worships every week. And you know what he said? The first Sunday we exited out of there, he said, I'm going to miss that old girl. <laughs> you see, there's joy in serving. Do you get it? And we don't want you to be robbed of that. And so as Anthony talked about the big three, we want you to be in worship. But we don't want this just to be a place where you attend. We want you to grow spiritually. And that means life-to-life -life sharing with a small group. But we also want you to pick up a brick and stir some mortar and, and pick up a tool. And let's put all our hands to the task. Just one thing. And so as you fill out your card today, I want to encourage you to think about that. What is that one thing that God has called you to do? You know, it's interesting that he gave them the task. He went around the wall. He named them the different gates, the different sections. And then there were some that stood along the wall, outside the wall. They didn't have tools. They had weapons. And they were to guard the gate. And so some weren't good with laying brick. But some were good at defending 
the precious space for their people. And so it's good cooperation. And then unwavering determination. Write that down if you would. Determination. Get this. Chapter 6. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. Get this. Nehemiah is offering great leadership. He's up on the wall. He's modeling what he's talking about. And he's got detractors down low. Sanballat and Tobiah. And they're part of the nations around Jerusalem. And they're threatened by what he is doing. They're threatened by this vision and the reality of this vision unfolding. And so they say, come down. It's all a ploy. Come down and visit with us a little bit in the south, we'd say that. Come down and let's visit. Come. What are you doing up there? Are you trying to over? Are you trying to take over? Are you one to defeat the king? Is that what your intention is? It was all a ploy to distract. Look what he says. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you, to the likes of you is what's implied. Four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. And so that first half of the wall was easy because they were able to get to a point where people were beginning to see some progress, but then the detractors began to move in and they began to want to pull them away from the vision. One older pastor said to me, Tim, you need to value wise counsel but if all possible, ignore negative people. Now, wise counsel may mean that they will disagree with you, but, but you'll know that their heart and their interest is in the good of the church. And that's what, that's what Nehemiah was all about. He was, he was committed for the good of the community, the good of God's people, the good of Jerusalem and it showed even in the face of antagonism even in the face of challenge opposition and you know a lot of times we receive that word that changes our life and it's a defining moment for us whether or not we're going to move forward in positive ways whatever that information is that radically changes our lives and we have a choice we can move forward but as we move forward, we may face opposition. We may face opposition. And it, it's not always personified in individuals. Sometimes it can come from our circumstances, our environment. Sometimes it can come from within. That that negative chatter within our head and brain begins to tell us, you can't do this. You're wasting your time. This is futile when you know it's right and it's, a good, it's for your good and others' good. And sometimes it can come from others. In AA, there's a phrase, and it's an interesting one, and I think as Christians, we've got to be careful with it because our witness is important, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about being distracted away from the vision by those who would detract you away from those who may be at a bad place, a not-so-good place in their own journey, and they want you to join them. 
And here it is. You ready for this? You've got to think about this. What you think about me is none of my business. <laughs> You've got to work through that a little bit. Because that doesn't sound very Christian, does it? Because we're always saying, you know, I want to put on a good impression. I want to be a good witness. And there is something to that. But when it comes to those who would like to hold you back because they are holding themselves back and they start making these kinds of comments to pull you off the wall, you say to them, what you think of me is really none of my business because I am more concerned about pleasing God and being the very best I can be. And so it has to do with unwavering determination. Do you have unwavering determination? I am so glad Nehemiah did because what was the result? The result was a rebuilt wall. The temple was repaired and it was occupied again. And the people of God were able to delight again in some precious sacred space. And then finally they had a great celebration. A great celebration. Let's look at that scripture we looked at before. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of Elul. In 52 days. When all the enemies heard all this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence. Get this. Because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. You see, those adversarial persons, those groups of people that were showing opposition, they were confident that they could take Israel, but they were confident that they couldn't take on Israel's God. And so it says here, they realized that this work that the Israelites were doing had the hand of God all over it. And so they had a celebration. And the scripture records that there were two choirs. And Nehemiah and some of the other leaders were, were leading worship. And there were some on the outside of the wall who were guarding the wall. People had laid down their tools. And Nehemiah and these two choirs, one on the right and one on the left, were singing. And there was music and there was worship and there was celebration and the scripture says that they could be heard from a distance somebody recently was visiting our church in fact they're here today and I said hey it's good to have you glad you're here I want you to have a good experience and his response was we heard good things are going on at this church and so we wanted to come you see they're, they're hearing it from a distance. And, and my response, and I pray your response, is we've, we've received this information that the kingdom needs to be addressed. That there needs to be good cooperation, all hands involved and hearts. That we've got to be focused in our determination. And, and then we've got to be able to celebrate the good things that God is doing. And so my response is here's a brick. Here's a tool. 
Will you join us? Somebody recently joined the church, and I was so glad they did. And I, I said to them, you know, there are a lot of churches with a lot of great ministries. And there's a host of offerings. But if you really want to be needed, we need you. And that's our message. Because we are about a great work. And together we believe we can do a great thing for God.